I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. Your sitter. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross together again. It's been it's been a while, Gordon. Man, it seems like you've uh, you've been on a hiatus for the past. Me? Who was it well. that left our headphones at work? <laughs> that did happen once. I said, yeah, they were mostly my fault, um, and uh, that's why we haven't seen Gordon for about the uh, about about a month or so. Gosh, I was gonna say the last time you were on, I think we were we were down three one to the Clippers. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty much how that went. We yeah. I think we we had we had just talked to the Clippers. It's been, it's been like what? Yeah, it's been about three weeks, right? Right, so yeah, obviously a lot has uh, happened since then. A lot has happened just since the um, the last pickaxe uh, pickaxe last Monday, and the main thing that of course happened is the Denver Nuggets have been officially eliminated from the playoffs. Their 2019-2020 season is at long last over. It took them long enough, geez. It did. It, it took almost a full year. I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, we would be um, we'd be going to media day like next week. Yeah, in, in no, media day would have been now, right? Like, well, I think it's usually like the very first week of October. Because um, uh, that's when those yeah. guys come back, right? And then preseason starts mid-October. I mean, preseason games start mid-October, but camp is already going on. Well, that's what I think. I think camp would have started in this case. Yeah, you're right. Media day would actually probably be... Because uh, camp, camp well, would have started the first week of September, man. Yeah, I was like, well, no, camp starts the first week of October. Is what I'm thinking. It, I could be wrong, but I'm no, pretty no. sure. It starts, eh. don't we do we do Stiffapalooza in September. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing if it had been a normal week, I'm guessing camp would actually start Tuesday. Uh, so basically tomorrow, since we're obviously yeah, guys, would rec- guys, would, guys show up and they're in, they're there, but they don't really start until later. Right. You're right. Yeah, I, I always feel like it's just because I remember. So, I just remember when I see guys at the Pepsi Center. Right. Yeah. Those guys are the guys. Well, I mean, some guys usually would be there all all summer long, and some of them were there all summer long. Um, even still, even in the in the hiatus, we know uh, guys like Vlako Chanchar and Nicole Jokic, they didn't... Well, Nicole went home for a little bit, and then that didn't go so well for Not him. so great. Yeah, maybe don't do that anymore. <laughs> but um, we are we are getting off track here. Let's let's talk about what the... Obviously, the big news of the week, which is, like I said, the Nuggets get eliminated in five games uh, against Los Angeles Lakers. Gordon, they, they were not able to come back from 3-1 this time. In fact, they exit rather quickly, losing game five. Uh, I mean, what happened? What what was different about this Lakers series in comparison to the Clippers or the Jazz? Well, I mean, the Lakers didn't fold when Denver made a run, but also the Nuggets got tired, man. Like, you could see it. I, they got beat up. Yeah. You had, you know, Jamal was playing out one leg by the end. You know, yep. you had uh, uh, Jokic had back-to-back not great games to close it out. So uh, one of those was because of foul trouble, partially his fault. 
They were both kind of because of foul trouble when you think about it. Even yeah. in game four, he was he got himself into foul trouble in that one too. So it, yep. And that yeah, again, was, what, think, what's the the problem that the the Nuggets ran into in series like this is if the if the whistle is not going to be favorable, and against the the Lakers, it's never going to be favorable. They're going to have to have some other plans, and right. uh, they just couldn't come back from the deficit in free throws, the deficit in you know fouls taking them out of the game. You know, they had uh, both Jokic and Murray got into big foul trouble, you know, early yeah, on in the series. Like, Yeah, in game four especially, too. That was a – gosh, everybody was in foul trouble in game four. And it was – Yep. In, game four was kind of an interesting one. So, like, yeah, the, the free throw and, and the whistle, right, that that took them out of a couple games. It took them out of game one um, when it, it's almost like they were shocked that it was actually happening to them uh, in that second quarter. Uh, which was which was. Well, I don't know how you wouldn't be shocked. I mean, you know, anytime somebody right. shoots what twenty four free throws on you in a quarter, you're like, uh, can I breathe? Are we allowed to move? Are we playing right. the statue game? What's happening here? Right. Yeah. No, I was gonna say. I mean, don't get me wrong. That, that second quarter in the uh, that was the most ridiculous I think it ever got. Uh, and there were a couple times it got pretty ridiculous, but um, they let it they let it take them out of their game, and then they yep. just got blown out in that game one. And then same thing with game four uh, there at the end in the fourth quarter. They the Lakers get a really favorable whistle and I think it just um kind of it kind of took the I really I think that kind of was the the uh the the haymaker if you will of of the series getting getting the um having that chance right there uh at the end of game four to tie the series up two yep. games apiece if they, if they could have if if that shot had bounced out and it was 2-2 yep. you know you're like okay this is totally doable but it's that one shot the Nuggets are like, I have to climb the three-one mountain again, and they just yep. didn't have it in them. And that's, I don't, I don't blame them. You know, that's yeah, that's a, that's a tough thing to ask for any team, especially a team that has so many relying on such youth, relying on so many people who are, they haven't been here before. And I think also also super tough to you when you're going up against LeBron James because as we saw in Game Absolutely. Five, like Game Five was like okay, it's it's time. Like and LeBron saw it and he knew what the Nuggets had done the past two series. He was like, and he basically, you know, I mean that's what LeBron does. He closes people out and he's he took over Game Five, particularly in the second half, um, and and closed out the Nuggets. And that's just uh, that's just why you can't really get into those scenarios with a player like that because he is. Uh, he more so, even though you, I think you can argue different other players might be better. You know, he might not be the best player in the NBA right now. Um, he's still the best closer in the NBA, and so that's that's what you can't do against a guy like that. Is he's when you still get a king, man? Yeah. yeah, exactly. You get in these deficits, and then if you don't play perfect, that's all he needs. And that's, right. and that, that's really what happened. What I do think you have to make shots? Thing, like the, the the thing was that the Nuggets had nobody who could make shots, especially in Game Five. Yeah, like yeah, outside of Jeremy they, Grant. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy Grant played just he, Jeremy Grant balled out against the the Lakers. Um as well as he could have possibly played probably. Yep. He was really um, your third star in that series. I mean Yeah. But again, he's you're looking at if you have uh Nicole Jokic in foul trouble and Jamal Murray's on one leg and you're like, "Cool, I'm going to pass this ball to who? Who am I passing this ball to?" Uh, Gary Harris is not making threes. Uh, Paul Millsap went what one for seven? One for seven. He did get to the line. He was he was doing a good job at in the fourth quarter. Yes. Yeah, but he um, 
Yeah, he he couldn't hit he couldn't hit anything when when it came to field goals. Nobody could. I mean, Tory Craig was was complete non-factor the entire right. series. Right, like you, they didn't have anybody. And and Michael Porter Jr. The shots that he got, he finally started missing some of those shots. Right. Uh, looks like he didn't have his legs under him for those for the Lakers series. Just the number of minutes or whatever. We just have a bad a bad couple games shooting. But he there were shots that I thought he should have made that he didn't make. You know, he's wide open and he's the one guy on the team who can shoot. Right. He's the one guy like when he gets a wide open shot, you feel good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it, it was it was it was quite interesting to see him kind of um struggle there. And like you said, it wasn't that uh it wasn't like it was like, oh, the Lakers are playing great defense on him or anything like that. Like nope. he had I mean he had good shots, he had good looks. He just Well him shooting it over LeBron it. with LeBron in his face, he was like, I don't care. Right. Like, a couple of times he did that. Yeah, like that's that's what that's what the Nuggets need though, is they need guys who don't care. And the Nuggets had too many guys who just couldn't – it wasn't in their bag. They have a lot of defenders who offense is not their thing anymore. And they just needed another person on offense to be able to carry them through the non-Jokic walls or the Murray limping around on one-leg walls, and they just didn't have it. it and that's the, okay. Uh... Like Again, I don't mind. Their stars are 25, 23, and 22. You're going to come back here and do this. Right, you know, plenty of shots at this. Yeah, and everybody's under contract at least for a couple more years. They'll have to deal with Michael Porter Jr. here, right? Uh, year after, but next. you've got you've got Jokic and Murray for another what three? So maybe even four, right? Because Murray's extension doesn't even go into effect. Murray's until... extension's about to go into effect. Jokic, Jokic has... this was his first year, wasn't it? On that, ex... so maybe they, yeah, year? maybe they have four years left. Yeah. I thought maybe I thought he only four. had three. Could, I thought yeah, he had three years after. Right. This. You could be right. I think he actually got his extension uh, yep. the year prior. To this well, because they they had to give him the extension early because right. um, he was a second uh, round pick. Yeah, they had to give him. They had to make him a restricted free agent. So yeah, they have three years left of Jokic on this deal. So you got three more shots at it, guaranteed. So, you know, that's the Nuggets are in good shape as far as star number one locked up, star number two locked up. This is not and one of those. Got, and, you know, in terms of Michael Porter Jr., even though his his contract will expire after the 20, what, 2021-2022 season, yeah, two he's still a restricted free agent. You still have control yep. of him for into that next contract as well. It's just a matter of finding the space to pay him, which they which they should be able to do. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, their core is, is in place. I certainly felt like in this Lakers series – this was the first time all playoffs that I was like, man, they could really use Will Barton, like yeah. that, because he was that guy, right? He's that guy you needed t- to be your third scorer. To uh, he would drive the lane, he would get to the line, he would, you know, create offense when there's no one else to create it. That's what they missed was the offensive creator, because right. you know Monte Morris is a he's a passer, he played but well, man. He and he played decently, but they didn't they didn't have the guy who was like, it's on me, I'm gonna go ball out. They didn't have right. that guy. Yep. Yep, and that uh, even when they have Michael Porter Jr. out there, you know, they, it's it's a trade off with him. Is is the thing is is like you you know what you're getting on offense, and you're um, and you're really excited about that. But is particularly right now in this phase in his career, particularly when he's going up against guys like LeBron James, like he struggles on defense. And so if he's not hitting his shot on offense to kind of balance that out, then it's you know it gets tougher to play him. Right. Um, now that said, he's still better on defense by the numbers than a lot of Denver's quote-unquote defenders. So yeah. I, this is one of those times where he looks terrible, but the team plays okay with him out there. So it's it's really hard to uh, – I just struggle. I understand why Malone went with the rotations he did, but it's still, it's still like you know going down with the ship as a captain. 
you know, there there were options to do to make sure you don't have to go down with the ship, and the Nuggets either couldn't pull the trigger or wouldn't pull the trigger. Like, they weren't either brave enough or foolish enough to try that. Yeah, we were talking this pre-pod. I was saying I wish I kind of wish um, he had made the adjustment there, particularly uh, later in the this Lakers series where he had, he had basically taken Gary Harris out of the starting lineup and put Michael Porter Jr. in in his place. I thought that would have helped them uh, quite a bit. And just one, they would have got some sort of shooting whatsoever. And we like we were talking before we got on the pod, like Gary Harris wasn't really needed on defense uh, in this series. He was right. in the past two. But in this one, like Jeremy Grant took LeBron James 100% of the time. And so, uh, they, you know, I mean, Danny Green, like Contavious Caldwell-Pope, those guys, those guys are so. Yeah. yeah, Alex Cruz. You're not worried about those guys. And if you put if, – if so if you're going to put Michael Porter Jr. out there um, and of course and, and the Lakers want to target him and get him on the switch, then fine. Then then at least make Jeremy Grant fight over a screen from one – from Alex Caruso or Contavious Caldwell-Pope or whoever because Michael Porter Jr. is at the two instead of him being at the four and you're trying to fight over Anthony Davis or Dwight right. Howard or someone yep. like that. Like that – I felt like it would have – I felt like there was really not much to lose by putting him in the starting lineup and I thought you could stretch um you could really stretch the, the Lakers defense that way and and particularly I thought he would help against the zone which gave them some trouble as well agreed um, in this series but that's not what Malone did he stuck with his guys uh, well and, and, and this is the thing Malone, Malone's not like a Malone is a motivational coach um he's not like an individual series let me draw up the perfect plan kind of coach right that's not his thing. Even when he wants to do his huddles, it's it's energy, it's effort, it's, you know, we've got this, we're still in this, don't sweat it, play like that, don't do that. You know, it, it's not on this screen here, you need to drop down four more inches and turn 30 degrees to the right. Like, that's that's not his thing. He's not a, he's not a micro-coacher in the moment. And he doesn't make snap decisions on right. uh, lineups. He just, he doesn't do it. Um... And so the Nuggets in the future, they really, really need their best players to also be his trust players. Um, and they aren't quite there yet. Yeah, they're not quite there yet. And it, um, as we know, it takes time to, uh, yeah. to earn Malone's trust. It took time for Jokic. It took time for Murray. Um, well, I find that was funny. When, when Jokic, Jokic was asked, you know, what made you guys able to make these long runs? And he said, look, man, well, I've been doing that my whole career. Like, we all have. Like, I, I didn't start for two years. Right. You know, like I, we all had to work our way and earn everything we got, you know, and, and it's true. They did not gift Jokic this team, despite how much no. those of us who were in the media were like, please like, help Stop. us out. But it's, it's a tough thing to say, I'm going to center my entire offense around, you know, a giant, slow, amazing big man. Like, it's never been done before, but sure. Let's give that a shot, right. you know? And so a lot of these things are risky. You know, can you play a rookie big minutes in the playoffs? Um, usually no, um, unless they're simply there to shoot, you know, uh, off the bench. And that's not how they were using Michael Porter Jr. because they were down Will Barton. So there are things that Malone was not comfortable doing that I get why he wasn't comfortable doing them. I just think that the Nuggets didn't necessarily lose the series because of them, but there were other options to see if they wouldn't go down just fighting the normal way. Right. Yeah, I agree 100%. And it's, um, I mean, it was, I don't know that they beat the Lakers no matter what. I think the Lakers, I, I mean, I picked the Lakers to win in six. And even Same. when we were making, when we were making our predictions, I, I mean, I didn't want to be that because we, guy, because we write for a Nuggets side. But there was a, there, I had a strong inkling to pick Lakers in five. Cause I, I honestly just felt like it was like they, they're, 
we've seen this so many times with the Nuggets, like when they go up against a team with size and, and not just like slow plotting size, but right. um, a combination of, of size and athleticism, it um, it hurts them. It, it hurt them in this series. We saw it with uh, Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors. And you know what? There's a reason yep. uh, when you put Boban Marjanovic next to either Montrez Harrell or Kristaps Porzingis, the Nuggets get killed there too. Like that's yep. that is the recipe for um, you need you need good seven footers, multiple good seven footers to stop the way the Nuggets. That's what you need. Yep. And LA had them. Yep. Do you feel like I, I kind of? This is the way I felt. I felt like this series, the Lakers series, really kind of highlighted um, that there's a shift now in the Nuggets' weaknesses. I think last year with the the Blazers series highlighted, hey, you got to get somebody out who can defend. Uh, a wing of any size right. on the perimeter because, you know, you're getting killed by Rodney Hood. Well, while we were all kind of thinking that might still be the issue going into this um, playoffs, what, what, what I think the Nuggets found was they don't actually didn't get – everybody kind of thought what they were getting in Jeremy Grant was this, you know, stretch four who could be a, a weak side rim protector. I think what they actually found is the lanky – um, lockdown perimeter defender who can also shoot and be and not be a total uh, loss on offense. Like I, I feel more like after watching these playoffs, Jeremy Grant is closer to being a two than he is to being a four. It's really uh, weird. Like it feels like they felt like they found giant Gary Harris. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like and, and that's who not, can, like, who's still from, like 2018. Well, like yeah. Exactly. Where where because Gary's weakness has always been he's just small. Like for a yep. shooting guard, he's small. Yep. He's six two. He doesn't have a big wingspan. Like he's he's not gonna go out there and um, dominate people with size. He's there with positioning, with you know intelligence, with quick hands. And Jeremy Grant plays much the same way. He's I I still don't I never considered Jeremy Grant to be a great on ball defender, or you know, but he's so long on the perimeter, right? And he's he can just mess you it. up. And he's got athleticism, he's got quickness, he knows what he's doing. Like, I don't consider him to be a shutdown defender, but he is bothersome enough that you saw him on all of these on all of these wings. And, and there's enough mm. big wings, you know, in the West that, that having that guy is huge. Right. I mean, he went up against the best players in the NBA, like the best wings yes. in the NBA. I mean, LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, like, and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, these were the guys that he drew throughout the playoffs and you know i think mitchell out of any of them i thought mitchell probably uh got him the worst well but mitchell um, got everybody until gary harris got back but that's because yeah. mitchell was small exactly. like gary harris's like big deal is he takes a guy like donovan mitchell or um damian willard and he makes it really hard for them like that's his niche yep and so that yeah. they needed gary harris back to get past utah you know and after that you're looking at, okay, well, that was a series we desperately needed him in. And then he'll be good against the, the Clippers, but the Lakers didn't have anybody that size that's actually a scoring threat for them. Right. That's yeah, not there, how they play. Nobody, there was nobody that they were they were worried about there. And, and then what they – but, like, kind of coming back around on it, what they exposed for the Nuggets was that, that weakness of, well, the Nuggets don't have uh, power forward with the strength and size to go against the team that's going to play Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard simultaneously. Like, right. Paul Millsap did, I mean, did a commendable job, I think, on Anthony Davis, but he was just, he's just too small. He's five inches short. He's too short. Yeah. yeah. And he got himself into foul trouble, um, trying to contain Anthony Davis. And, and when he was off the court, like there was, 
I mean, they had nothing. Then they had to probably shift. Then they were trying to shift Jeremy Grant right. over onto Anthony Davis. Same problem. You're giving up uh, a lot of sizer, and that's why I think I, I don't know that I necessarily would think Jeremy Grant is the right guy to be the the power forward of the future for the Nuggets because he just gives up too much uh, in terms of weight. I mean, Jeremy Grant weighs like 230 pounds, like so he's not he's not the type of guy who's going to bang down low with these teams who can bring um, bring size like the Lakers did. I, I feel like. They, the Nuggets needed um, – they needed that guy, and they haven't had that guy basically ever uh, to play next to, you know, Jokic who can, who can kind of fill that, that double role of both being um, another interior defender but also still able to not just completely bog down the offense. Right. Uh, well, the, 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 the problem with Grant is that Grant is, is more of a three. Right. So you're you're looking at Grant. Grant is kind of Scotty Pippen size, like, you know, right. six seven, six eight. I don't even think he's two thirty. Like he might be two thirty, but you know that might be a lot of water weight. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. He's he's lanky, he's and so it's not he's not an anchor. He's not a guy that you just you know you set him down someplace and guys bounce off of him. Nobody bounces off Jeremy Grant. Right. So he plays more like a three. The problem is, is the Nuggets don't really have a four. Going forward, like they, their Millsap's gone, Plumlee's not around, and should not play the four anyway. Um, you know, you have Keita Bates Diop, which is not right. not going to work. Um, I mean, you, you have you have Michael Porter Jr., but you you, you run into the same issues. Um, yes, same, same, they have the same kind of build. Michael's just a little taller. Right. You know, you're not going to have guy. He's not going to be out there anchoring anything. He's a lean guy who could get blocks and chase downs and play on the fast break. So. There's a reason that Grant and Porter Jr. play well together. I actually like small ball lineups with, like, you know, MPJ at the four and Grant at the five. I'd love to see more of that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, regardless, the Nuggets do. They One of their offseason lists is going to have to include get me a power forward that can defend guys like LeBron and AD and also score a little. Because, that you know, Millsap being unable to score with, you know, with any kind of shooting really, really hurt the Nuggets when – they're kicking the ball out to the open guy at the three-point line, but it's Millsap, and he can't make a shot. That was that was very hard to get over in the Lakers series. Yeah, no, agreed. It was. Um, I mean, it's what killed them, right? It's and and like I said, we've seen this in the past. Like this is this is how this is how you combat Jokic too, because then you put this. You can't. Jokic is forced to bang down low with Dwight Howard, um, right? And that kind of that just puts him off his game. It gets him into foul trouble, which is the best way to to defend against the, the best. Court. Yeah, the best way to stop Jokic is to get him off the court. Right. And That's so the they, best way to stop Jokic. They the Nuggets just didn't, and they didn't have anything. I mean, they tried it even for a little bit. There, they tried going with Jokic and Mason Plumlee at the same time um, to try and combat that, and it just you know Mason Plumlee is. I think I think we've seen all we need to see for Mason Plumlee. Um, right. Yeah. Well, you know, he was hired to do a job, and the problem is, is there, you know, in the past few years, there haven't been a lot of guys he's needed against. Right. You know, there aren't a lot of Stephen Adams in the league, which is pretty much right. his job is, you know, get Stephen Adams and keep him off the boards. Right. Well, and the other thing, right, you're like, well, Mason Plumlee, really good passer, which he is um, for for a center. So you're like, well, so we can keep kind of running a similar offense nope. uh, when you shot the court. But the problem is Mason Plumlee can't shoot from like, I mean, in this area, he couldn't make baskets from six inches away. Like, Correct. No, he, he, if he wasn't dunking it, it wasn't going in. Yeah, so nobody's nobody's cares about the dribble handoff from from Mason Plumley. Right, you, you can't run line. a pick and roll because right. the roll man is going to have to dunk it, and you don't care. 
Exactly, exactly. So yeah, that, it's just it's too easy to just drop on everything that he does. So it's not. Um, it just didn't work. So yeah, I think, um, and we'll get into this in the second half of the show, but yeah, I think the writing's kind of on the wall for Mason Plumley. Uh, to wrap up the first half though, I guess Gordon, um, let me ask you this. How, how different is this, this series, uh, if that Anthony Davis buzzer beater does not go down in game two? It's very different. If his, if his shot rattles out, um, and it's, and we're looking at, you know, a two, two series, Right. There is all kinds of pressure on L.A., especially on Anthony Davis. Right. And I uh, – the problem Anthony Davis has always had is responding to pressure. Yeah, that and injuries. Yes. Injuries. But, yeah, health, health and, and courage under fire, I guess. Um, and so LeBron has been walking him through these playoffs, and he's made huge shots. Anthony, uh, you know, Anthony Davis has made huge shots. Uh, he did against the Nuggets. He was an absolute killer. Uh, but I think it helps him not be in the number one option. Right. Um, and so if you start putting pressure on him, the question is, does he turn like Paul George and turn into like the Invisible Man? Pandemic P. Right. <laughs> Where he just evaporates when the when the going gets tough. Like that if. If that basket goes out and he's questioning himself, maybe things change. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think if um, I think if the Nuggets get that, I still think two, the, I still think it would have lost, but I think it would have been like yeah. a game seven again. Yeah, like, I and agree. then you would have had like forty three fouls called in a, you know five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, again, so, because yeah. the thing is, is the way to get to get the the win over the Nuggets is to get Jokic off the floor, and so yeah. he helped them do that in game five with that stupid first foul. Yep. Yeah, that was a uh, just driving me crazy taking the the foul in the court just to stop the fast break, and then sure, sure enough, he got in another foul and had to sit, and uh, everything went downhill from there for the Nuggets. Like, and I'm hoping that that's the last time that we have to see Jokic in a meaningful game. I mean, he's gonna do it at some point during the the regular season just because he's annoyed and he wants to sit down. <laughs> but. True. You know, they cannot, he cannot give away fouls in the playoffs. He's too important, and the only way to stop him for for most teams is to sit him. So yep. they're going to be hunting fouls on him. He cannot give them for free. Yep, that's that's absolutely right. And I think that's, I mean, and it's funny, we all we all were talking about, or doing our predictions before the, the series, you know, who's the Lakers' X factor. Nobody said Dwight Howard. Um, and it's funny because he absolutely was, and it was simply because of the fact it wasn't because Dwight Howard was putting up you know twenty points a game on the Nuggets. It's because that he frustrated Jokic. He got he got Jokic to commit fouls, and he kept Jokic off the glass as well as anybody could. Jokic um, and, Jokic seems to have a, a problem with guys with a large douche factor. Yeah. Um, Enos Cantor, he had a problem with him too. Um, back uh, last year in the playoffs. Rudy Gobert this year. Rudy, yeah, like th- there's just a certain type of player that annoys Jokic a lot. Um, yeah. And Dwight Howard is that kind of player. Yeah, Dwight Howard is that player at, at, to the max. Like that was, um, you know, it, it's it's funny is is what you look back on now for the you know I, Dwight Howard was not that impactful of a player all season long for the Lakers, but you know, when you look back on it, especially if they won the championship, you yep. think, man, what a great they needed signing him. because he yeah. was the guy that they needed to get past Nicole Jokic. He was the one who got yep. that, 
Yeah, he's he's, he's the guy they had something. to have because it well, you he demolished uh, Javale McGee. If they just oh, had yeah. Javale McGee, this would have been a way different series. Oh yeah, the Nuggets would. I if they yeah if they only have Javale McGee, I don't I don't think the Lakers win the series. I mean, to be flat out, like uh, maybe maybe the ref factor still gets it done for him. But like yeah, I mean, you, it would be a coin flip play... then. It's, that's a coin flip game seven basically. If right. it's not game six, like you have no one to stop Nicole Jokic if it's just Javale McGee out there. Right, because yeah, I mean, I, who, who else would you have thrown on him? Kyle AD Kuzma? basically, like, and then you get yeah, AD into foul trouble. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that that was, uh, you know, and, and for the for the most part, uh, Jokic had no trouble with AD either, which is really interesting that he had trouble with uh, Dwight Howard. And I really think it is just because Howard got under his skin and was able to take him off yep. his game more than anything else. Um, all right, uh, just before we hit the break here, Gordon, what is your, what are, I guess, what is your overall feelings now for for the 2019-2020 season now that's over? This is such a weird year, man. Like, it is. I don't even know how to judge this year because the Nuggets It's almost came... like two different seasons, right? Yeah, yeah, and the Nuggets were faltering in March. Like, the Nuggets yeah. were struggling. They were injured. Nobody could get healthy. Like, they were starting to lose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, – uh, they got to the bubble, and you had like Nikola Jokic came down with COVID before, and or at least we think that he did. That was that was what they said. Wait, never, they can't actually say. But yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, we <laughs> assume that that's what happened. We said we all saw the pictures of him hugging uh, Novak Djokovic. Yep. He gets he gets the he gets diagnosed with coronavirus like a day later. So yeah, yeah we all know what happens. And yeah, I mean, obviously they they won't say, but I mean, there's a lot of guys, right? Monty Morris was late to the bubble on Gary. Yeah, MPJ. You had Gary Harris with the injuries, you had, uh, you know, Will Barton with the injuries, so for the Nuggets, I don't know how they could have been expected to do any better, like, I'm listening to people online who are freaking out about this, you know, oh my god, I can't believe, and I'm like, guys, it's, uh, I understand that you only get so many shots in a ring, and you want to get it the first time you get a real shot, like, I hear what you're saying to me, but the Nuggets did about everything they could do with the lineup they had, and the health that they had, and the situation they were given, so... I mean, the Nuggets, as such a young team going into the bubble, you know, if you want to know how a young team performs badly, look at the Pelicans. Like, yeah. the Pelicans just bombed out to the point that Drew Holiday was furious at a team that he came back to the bubble for and that just did not seem to care about winning it. And the Nuggets just kept pressing forward, man. They could have quit any time. They could have said, you know what, these Game 7s, these Game 6s, you know, this climb back from 3-1, this is too hard. And they never did that. And for me, that's a huge credit to Malone. You know, but yeah. also to the to the stars, to their guys who set the tone. You know, and Murray and Jokic were having none of it, and I I appreciate that. So, if you want to know if your metal gets tested, you know, and and you want to know if you're if it's strong enough to to withstand these coming playoff runs, then I would say that yes, it is. Your stars have it, and Denver found that out. And I there's there's nothing more you could ask for that. Right, because right. Jamal Murray was inconsistent during the regular season. Again, yep. that's that that's not new. Right. Um, and some of it's injuries, and some of it's just he's not quite the shooter in the regular season, and he just goes Godzilla mode in the postseason. For some reason, he hits everything he wants. Yeah, you know yeah, and that was, I think, I mean, one of the biggest, uh, probably the biggest takeaway from from the season as a whole. And you'll you obviously have to wait now to see exactly like you're saying. How does it translate to next year in the regular season? Because Jamal's had some inconsistencies, but you certainly feel like that guy is a star player. Jamal's um, a 16 game player. We talk about this, you know, regular season guys and postseason guys. Right. I, I'm currently on the on the stage of I don't care what Jamal does in the regular season now. Like, like I was, I was on the fence with Jamal getting that big contract. 
um, because he hadn't shown me that he was that guy for 82 games. So I had only had one playoff run to see Jamal be kind of good. Right. You know, he started off very poorly against the Spurs, came back. They, they couldn't quite bacon. find it against the, the Trailblazers, and that was that. Is that guy a 16-game player or not? He proved this year, when the lights shine brightest, you want Jamal Murray on your team. So, yeah. He's ready. Yeah. The Nuggets just need more 16-game players because they have guys – We'll talk about this next segment. Let's, yeah. This is oh, something I want to go back to. My uh, my my main takeaways, I guess, from from the season for me is, is I, I certainly feel like they took a next step. And I think when you look yep. into next year, uh, what's crazy to say is some people, oh, man, you're selling them short, but they're they're a top four team in the West, right? That's because that's Absolutely. really all you can put them in is the top four. Yep. You can't really go higher than that because you still have the Lakers next year. You'll still have the Clippers next year, and then oh by the way, uh, that other team in California, the Golden State Warriors, should be. Quite they should good be again, up, man. Once, yep. once a while, so or once again, so that, you know, I think that's. But I think when you look at the Nuggets now, but I feel like they're in that tier of teams yes. now, and not in the Houston, Utah. Uh, who knows what Oklahoma City will do this off season? Yeah, I don't know uh, what's Dallas, going on with that. Dallas is probably stepping up. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's they. They feel like they're a step above um, those teams and are really among the 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 top four elite teams, kind of. Uh, in the West, which we'll see, you know, I mean, uh, being a top four team in the West doesn't mean anything. It means you could, you could get bounced in the first round, you know, so um, we'll just have to see. But tell you what, let's go ahead, let's hit the break and let's start looking forward to the 20, I guess it'll just be the 2021 season, but um, we will, we will, I guess, talk more about the off season than anything that is coming up here in the next couple of months. So stick with us. And we'll be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. To the Pickaxe Podcast, it is Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross. We're with DenverStiffs.com. Spent the first half of the show talking about that Lakers series and wrapping up the season that was for the Denver Nuggets. Now we are going to look forward to the upcoming offseason. Uh, Gordon, let's dive into, I think, the biggest, the biggest thing right now, which is the pending free agents. Um, that Denver will have. I'm assuming Jeremy Grant, uh, particularly after he, Oh, he's he definitely not taking he's, his... Yeah, I'm assuming yeah. he's opting out of that $9 million yep. bucks, Even with the uncertainty around the salary cap, I assume he'll still get more um, on the open market. So I guess that's... Let's start with that free agent because he's... He, tell me if you disagree, but he's got to be... He's priority number one for the Nuggets this offseason. Absolutely. Yeah, right, priority so, number one is bring back Jeremy Grant because he plays well... Next to Jokic, his distant shot wasn't great in the playoffs, but he also had to play all that perimeter defense in the playoffs. Right. You know, and he, he, still, he, and he, he still played had some that. big games offensively against the Lakers. I mean, he didn't have a bunch of big games offensively prior to this series, but he's still, I mean, game four, game five, yep. like he No, he out showed up. Sure. No, it wasn't a lot of distant shots, you know, but no, yeah, it was. But he got, he got to, you take people He got off to the rack, got man. To the rack. Yeah. He took LeBron off dribble and got yep. to the rack. Yeah, well, he did a lot of things that you wanted to see him do if you're going to give him a big contract. Yeah. Um, he should be really glad that the Nuggets traded for him because uh, he would not have gotten this opportunity on the on the Thunder. Right. Yep. Like that was not a thing that was going to happen uh, for him to show this way. So I'm really I'm really happy for him, and I'm just hoping that right now the Nuggets can figure out how to make his price point work for them because they they really don't have a lot of other options on the market to get a player like Jeremy Grant. So he's the guy they need back. No, yeah, they, they need his bird rights for sure. Like, yep. they, they will not be able to afford a player of Jeremy Grant's caliber unless they already have the bird rights so they can exceed the cap to sign him. So Jeremy Grant really is their only option uh, in terms of that. And I expect him them to make every move. I kind of expect it's, – again, it's a bit weird because you're not exactly sure what's going to happen with the cap here. Yeah, we don't, um, yeah, the problem is with the cap. Yeah, the cap stabilization, we don't know how long it's going to need to be stabilized. We don't know what they're holding it at. They're saying that it should hold steady, but I don't think right. that's been guaranteed to anybody yet. Yeah, I think because I think they're also realizing, hey, we might take a pretty big revenue loss next season too. Well, because uh, yeah, the problem is they still haven't got the coronavirus under control, so you still right. can't have large crowds. Right. So yeah, you're still you losing have... gate for 30 teams. Exactly. Exactly. Which is um, for the NBA more so than like the NFL uh, in particular. Like the, the the gate receipts are are a huge revenue driver for them. So they they can't just depend on the you know the NFL obviously is going to take a hit as well but the NFL is, makes their money on TV right yeah well the, yeah the thing is is that the there's there's 41 home games for every team which is where they make a chunk of their money right. you know in the NFL it's eight right yep, yep. you know and exactly. yes the stadium is bigger but it's not five times bigger right so. Yeah. Maybe if you, I was like, well, if you took like the Cowboys. Well, yeah, I suppose. Against, yeah, like, for the Cowboys, it is Memphis. it is that much bigger. <laughs> it might be five times bigger. Right? right? But yeah, point taken. Um, 
Exactly. So it's going to be uh, – the cap's going to be an, an interesting scenario. But even then, I guess in, in a normal – let's say it holds, I would expect him to be close to that Gary Harris type money. So like right around that like $17 million Yeah, and that, that's, that's pretty much all the Nuggets can really pay him. That's – I mean they can pay him anything they want. But when you're looking at team yeah, construction – Yeah, they're going to dodge the tax line. When you're looking too. at team construction, you know, can you pay Jeremy Grant $18, 19000000 dollars a year – to be your fourth best starter, which is what you kind of need him to be. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you're paying Gary, Jeremy, or Gary Harris that to be... Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're paying Gary Harris that to be your bench worst player. Worst starter. Yep. Um, yeah, well, and again, but that's sure. the thing is you've already got that to, to Gary Harris, so I, I don't know that you can necessarily dump it. You might throw... And that, honestly, that's something that I'm curious to see if the Nuggets are going to do is... Tr- like get, get off get of salary so they can afford some roster move, and they may the Nuggets may wind up throwing another first rounder away, which I know is going to drive who was it? Nate Duncan hates that. Yeah. So you know, but they're they're trying to figure out how do I make this this team work? And you uh, you just proved that you could go to the Western Conference Finals with a non-scoring Gary Harris, who missed you know again you know several parts of the playoffs even even so, and you didn't have Will Barton at all. So, you know, there's, what, $34 million, $35 million just sitting around, not doing anything for you? Right. Like, you could, the Nuggets, if they can get off of some salary or switch it for someone else that they need, could could make it work. But playing paying Jeremy Grant any more than about 17 is going to be tough for them. So the question is whether anyone else would pony that up for him. Yeah, that's... Um... Especially with the unknown of what the salary is going to be. Because the problem is... You're you're trying to figure out how do we you know sign a long term deal when we don't know what the first year or two of the salary cap is going to be like. And yeah, honestly, we don't know what the yeah. I mean, nobody nobody knows anything uh, right now in terms of all this stuff. But yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be tough to get someone to swallow that Gary Harris money for sure. But you know, and that was kind of one of the things that really stinks about the. Uh, the series in particular is, man, if they, if they got eliminated by the Clippers, Gary Harris is probably worth more <laughs> in the market than he is now after he just put up this massive dud uh, against the Lakers. Like, at least you could have sold you could have sold the defense and said, look, and you know, he'll get his offense is, is rolling all right. But um, the, way, the, problem, the problem is, is that Gary is still a good player on one side of the ball. So yeah. and you can always have the well, he might get his offense back, but you're selling him based on one side and that one side is not worth what his contract is. Yeah, it's not worth the 17, uh, 17 per. Um, swinging it back around to the, the free agents, though, I, I mean, unless somebody gets crazy, and I just don't think anybody is going to get crazy this year because of because of all the cap uncertainty, I assume the Nuggets uh, will be in the driver's seat for getting Jeremy Grant back on the team, and I assume that that, that will happen. Like I, I would, Right. I well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm aboard with you, man. I expect that Jeremy Grant will be back. Um, there are only a couple of, like, you're looking at who could afford him and where would he want to go? Because he's already knows he's on a team that should get to the back to the, you know, at least the second round of the playoffs every year he's here. Right. And is, is going to be in a position probably to give him more money than anybody else. And and can pay him. Yeah. So like, if you're going to, if you're going to take any less money, then I guess you take it to go to LA with LeBron, you know, and I don't think the Heat are going to have any cash. Right. You know, yeah, but those would be the places that you're looking at, right? Yeah, you, you know, right, or, or you know, yeah, we, would you be able to find a place on the Bucks or something like that? But again, yeah, there's not going to. Yeah, be but who's, yeah, again, are you going to want to go to the Bucks over Denver? Like, I'm sorry, I've been to Milwaukee. Right. 
Like, <laughs> not great. Yeah, there, there are. I, I'm not trying to slam my Milwaukee friends. I'm just saying, you know, the rivers in Denver don't like stink to high heaven in the in the summertime. <laughs> Gary's owed 19 next year, so yeah, Gary will have two more. Uh, uh, Gary's got two years left on his deal. He's got two years left, 19 and then 20, basically 21 this yep. last year. So that's again, that's hard. that's a tough sell to dump. That like if you're trying to if you're trying to do a salary dump, it would be a year after this. Right. Um, for him. Um, and then the Barton has are, what? Just the one year, right? Yeah, Barton's got just next year, and then he's got a well, he's got a player option for the following. So, depending again, depending on kind of how things go, he could, right. could not pick that up. But yeah, um, it's uh, generally for guys. I think Barton would be what he'd probably be thirty-one when that. Yeah, he'd be a thirty-one-year-old free up. agent. Yep. So generally, guys will even if they think they'll make. Once you hit your thirties, even if you'll make less per year, if you can guarantee multiple years of of a contract, you take that because when you're getting older, you never know what's going to happen. So you always try try and get whatever whatever the guarantees you the most money. You know, so he could either pick up his option for fourteen point six, or if he knows if he, he got two for twenty five, he would probably yeah, take that, or he can get yeah. three for thirty, something like that. Yep. Like yeah, he's gonna he's gonna do that instead. And, um, Gain that extra money, but um, the other guys that are going to be up this year are, I think, much much less likely to be uh, returning. And so, obviously, I mean, Noah Vonleh, who cares, right? No, That's... well, no, he didn't play. So I was right. curious to see if he had anything, and the Nuggets apparently decided he didn't have anything. So right. yeah, yeah, we're yeah, good. Uh, but then the other guys that are uh, the other two bigs, um, Mason Plumley and Paul Millsap. Do you think either one of those guys is back next season? No. No. I, um, the, the problem is, is that it, again we're so, we're talking about not about the the regular season, but about the playoffs. And you can't play. Mason's shown two years in a row that you can't play him in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. And you know, Millsap just doesn't have what he's to have. His athleticism is like going by the minute. Yeah. Millsap you know, he, he, was. Um, you're watching I mean, him grow the, the old man beard in real time. Big shout out to Millsap because he saved their season in that game oh, five. That game, the yeah, he he balled out. And there again, there were occasions where you could see this is what Millsap feels like he should be able to do. But then you see another occasion where he would try to do something and just fall apart because his body can't do what his brain is asking it to do. Right. Yeah. And his just game, his game is just kind of outdated at this point. Like he's he's a very classic. He's he's a cla- he was a classic power forward when he came into the league. Uh, he developed a three point shot, which has kept him in the league yep. along with his defense. But at this point, that's all he is. He's a stretch four uh, that you sit in the corner and. Well, and he's thirty five years old. Like yeah. I mean, there's always so long that you can that you play him. He's going to be thirty six next year. Yeah, and I don't think he retires. I think he he's still probably going to play. But if I'm Paul Millsap, I'm. You know, he's probably taken – I mean, maybe he comes back. If he's coming well, back – Paul Millsap's taken like $5 be, million to go play for L.A. I mean, it's, Yeah, exactly. He made, exactly. He made $90 million bucks. You know what I mean? He's like, right. with the he's Nuggets. Money. He's okay. So if he wants the ring, he's going to go, like, for minimum wage to someplace he wants to be. He might go to Miami because yep. it's really close to Atlanta. Yep, yep. I can see that. I can You see know, it's a 45-minute flight home. I can see him going back to Atlanta and just if he doesn't really want to chase the ring or I could see him staying with the Nuggets, but it would have to be under the understanding of like, OK, you're, you're like the vet role. You're not going to play. Right. You're you know. the 10th, 11th man, you know, and when we need you, we're going to get we're going to get you on the court, but you're not going to play a lot. Yeah, I would say not even like a 10th or 11th, like probably like, like 12 or 13. Like I'm thinking like he's the Richard Jefferson, right? He's the sure. he's the Mike Miller, you know, that that kind of guy now on your team. 
Um, which he might not be. He might not be up for. He knows that might you know think he still got something to take. And for right. the right team, he probably does. Yeah, for the Lakers, like if they you know what if Markeith Morris isn't back next year for the Lakers, which is probably a good uh, good likelihood. Right. Um, I think Paul Millsap's a perfect guy. Well, to that's what I'm that saying. Kind of like he can he can shoot the occasional three now. You know, and if you're not leaning on him for heavy minutes, he's only going to play 15, 20 minutes a game max. Right. Like, if you need him for two bench stretches, two, two six- or eight-minute stretches, he can do that for you. Yeah. You no, know, I and mean... so the, the question is, where does he think he can get a ring? So if he comes back to Denver, it's because the only reason he comes back is if he accepts that he is the bench, you know, power forward, and the Nuggets aren't paying him anything. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. I, I would expect him to go do basically a similar deal somewhere else to go get that ring if he wants it. Because he's at that stage of his career where this is what you do. You go join the Miamis and the, you know, the uh, the Lakers and whoever. We're just trying to yeah. get that ring that you want in a place where you believe people can do that. In a place that doesn't suck to live like. And yeah, well, that's why I keep saying that's why I don't mention any of the northern teams. <laughs> you know, he's Millsaps from the. You know, he he likes his Atlanta house. Like he, Brooklyn, he when you think about that, I mean, yeah. even though that's a northern team, like I can see him going to Brooklyn and, and playing, wanting to play there. And um, I can see Brooklyn. Um, I, I I don't see him going any place like the Celtics. No, well, because it's got to be a team that's that's uh, it's going to be a veteran team. You know, the Celtics is no different than just going back to the Nuggets, right? Like Correct. That, yeah, they're, they're all, most their stars are all young. Yeah, you're out there yep. to do other things. Exactly, and and I think if he's if he's there, like yeah, Millsap doesn't want to go be Papa Millsap um, for somebody anymore. I don't think he even wants to really do that with the Nuggets anymore. I I think like he probably would much more prefer to be playing next to LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard or uh, even Jimmy Butler, somebody like that, where he's like, yep. oh, yeah, I don't have to be the leader for a bunch of twenty, you know, twenty to twenty five year olds, right? Um, and tell them why they should be going and having you know birthday parties where right after their freaking practice field he got shut down because of coronavirus like you know he probably would like to get away from that kind of nonsense and just play with a bunch of professionals um not that the nuggets aren't professionals but that, you know not have to deal with those sort of growing pains, well I'm he's sure not that. the only vet my my thing was right, it's, exactly th- this the is the sort of thing where you know Millsap is old like, as a basketball yeah. player and these kids are all kids and you can't he is papa Millsap. he's trying to you know learn tiktok and do whatever you know, but it, it I don't – you look at it and trying to be the only guy over 30 on the team is rough, man. Like, that's a rough gig. Uh, you don't have a lot of guys you're going to be talking to on the road. You're going to spend a lot of time with these people, especially now that it's been the bubble like this. Right. You know, if the Nuggets wind up having to do anything like that again next year, you're going to – I would expect it to go someplace with some other guys over 30 is what I'm yep. saying, and, and go chase that ring. So if he goes back to Denver – and it's under the right circumstances, fine, but I don't expect that to happen. All right, um, and we're both agreed Mason Plumlee is a... Uh, Mason no. has put the exclamation point on the fact that the Nuggets should not have paid him that giant contract after they threw the first rounder at him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's well. I think more than anything, he's just. I mean, Mason Mason did a lot for this team while he was while he's been here. I mean, he's been a he's been a very solid backup center for them. But I think what it's what it's what they've seen now is he's not really he's not a, he's guy. not a sixteen game player. Like that's the yeah. problem is that you cannot play him in the playoffs. They couldn't play him last year, um, and they couldn't play him this year. And the problem is is that all the teams that they faced those two years are going to face again. So if yeah. you couldn't play him then, you can't play him going forward. 
Yeah, and I think they, they just saw, like, you, you can't have you, – the, the whole idea was, like, well, we can run a similar offense with Mason because he's, he can pass, but you can't, you can't do that when you've got a guy who can't shoot. Like, right. Well, it, it was before work. they admitted that, that Jokic is one of a kind and you just cannot – a poor man's Jokic is nothing. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's the, I well, I guess, um, I guess technically, a poor man's Jokic is like you know Mark Gasol, which is not slander on Mark Gasol, even though it sounds like it is. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, but I mean, anything less than that, and Mark could shoot, and so the thing is, if you can't shoot, then your passing doesn't matter. And the Nuggets have found that out over the last three years. Um, and Mason's gonna have to just go clean board somewhere else because they need a guy who can shoot at the five, or if you can't shoot. Like, the threat to shoot, the threat to defend, like, Mason's had a lot of lapses that they just can't afford from the guy who has to be out there for defense. Agreed, yeah. I mean, it's just been, it's been, I mean, and it got to the point, like I said, I mean, you basically couldn't play him. I mean, Mason was playing less than Well, the load had some shade comments about, like, look, man, if you're out there for defense, you can't do that. I don't know why I'm playing you. I didn't mention anybody by name, and you could have said it was Michael Porter Jr., but uh, Michael Porter Jr. played in that game. Like, the reason Mason got minutes is because, uh, you know, Jokic got into foul trouble. Right, because he had had no choice. Uh, And and that's kind of, I feel like, the feeling um, that they basically had. And honestly, it was weird because it was Mason's best. It was probably Mason's best performance of the two series. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I um, but I think that's the thing that that really, you know, you saw in these playoffs is it it wasn't about Mason Plumlee wasn't out there helping your team. Mason Plumley was out there because you needed a body while you gave you needed a big man. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, that was all it was. You were trying to survive Mason Plumley minutes, not excel with Mason Plumley in there. And that's, that's something that I think that they're going to, the Nuggets have to build. They have to build both units. If you need a guy, if you need a guy, even getting a couple more minutes, even if he's up there in the 15, if you need a guy to play 15 to 18 minutes as your backup center, like you don't have to pay $12 million for Mason Plumlee. Not that I think Mason Plumlee is going to get a raise or even keep the same contract, but you don't, you just don't, you can get guys who are more versatile for the same, for the same price tag. And so for that, I mean, I just don't see a ton of reason. Uh, to bring him back. If you could uh, get a Derek Favors or Mason Plumley for the same $14 million, you would take Derek Favors every hour yeah, of the day. Every single time. Every single time, yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously that, that it's something that's going to be tough for them to do, to swing something like that. We were talking about that earlier today about, I mean, how, how nice of a guy would it be uh, to get a Derek Favors in here because he's that guy, right, that you could put next to Jokic. We've been wanting that guy for two years, up. man. Yeah, right. it's... And who knows if they'll they'll ever get him? Um, or, that was the deal they needed to make need. uh, instead of uh, uh, Wiles. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you're going to give them Donovan Mitchell, at least get back Derek Favors. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, we no need to. Uh, well, remember, Derek Favors was basically unplayable like two years ago for the for Utah. They were Utah did nothing but complain about Favors. Yep. And then you found out this guy. year in the playoffs. Oh, maybe we need that guy's defense in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. He still ended up getting 17 million to go play for. New Orleans, but um, he'll be a free agent at the end of the. Not, I don't know if the Nuggets have the. They, they don't. I mean, they don't have the space to really sign anybody. I mean, they do uh, outside of their mid level. No, no, like Paul. Like uh, as far as I know, the the extensions don't kick in, right? Uh, Murray's kicks in, so that's the that's the kicker. So yeah, Millsap comes off the board. Well, you're dropping he, Millsap, you're dropping Plumley. But you're picking up Murray, and you're gonna have to pay Jeremy Grant. So right, but yeah, okay, yeah, I see what I'm of, saying. That, that kind of washes out. So, and then yep. after that, the only other free agents you got are 
uh, Tori Craig and Noah Vonley. So, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think Tori Craig Sauer is going to save them. So, yeah, Noah Vonley's gone. How about Tori Craig? What are you feeling on him? I think he's back, to be honest, because he's restricted. So right. uh, the Nuggets can match um, if they want to. I don't think anybody's going to get crazy for Tory Craig. I don't think he's going to have a ton of interest on the free market. He is a – I mean, he's one of Malone's guys. Um, is that good? I see him I, – I, no, because Malone can't save himself from himself, um, which means we'll probably be fighting early in January with Tory Craig getting minutes that should go to Michael Porter Jr. is my guess. But um, that's um, – but I, I just think I think the Nuggets again they're going to be limited with what they can do out in the open market, uh, given they're they're still somewhat squeezed with the cap. So they any guys that they have bird rights on they're they're that's to their advantage. Um, and, and a guy like Tory Craig, uh, who might not even have full bird rights, he might be early bird rights, but he's still like a guy like Tory Craig is is someone they'll be able to get back cheap who already knows the system that Malone that they know Malone likes. Um, I could see him certainly back on on a very similar deal to what he has now, another like you know two million per or so for two to three seasons. Um, right. Well, that's my thing is they they need wing players, they need wing defenders, they need multiple wing defenders because what happens if Jeremy Grant gets injured? Like you can't have Jeremy Grant being your only perimeter defender of any size. Yep. Well, you just can't do it. So you need Torrey Craig back, but you need Torrey Craig back as like the thirteenth man again. Yep. Like you Which, need him back. <laughs> As an emergency player or a guy who plays with the bench for a few certain minutes, like you can't be having him out there getting 30 minutes a game. Like that's not something that he should be doing. Yep. Um, but, uh, and, and that's really – for the Nuggets, I, I guess the problem is can you bring him back while knowing that he needs to be limited? Like he would play – you know, he played 18 minutes a game this year, right? 20 minutes last year. It feels like a long time that he's out there it's not but it... but i wonder what, what what i would say about this is is about will can you bring him back um if you if you or do you try and basically save more for himself it reminds me a lot of right. jameer nelson right like yep. they got rid of jameer nelson because they're like no you're gonna play jamal murray and emmanuel moutier like that's that's, that's gonna, gonna happen group. yeah um and so that's what they did and then that that all kind of blew up because Manuel Mudiay was no good. But it didn't blow up because then you found out but Emmanuel Mudiay was no good. Yeah. And and you and you also found out Jamal Murray was was, was the, the real was deal. the actual guy that you were going to go yeah. with. Yep. And you know you got some sweet Devin Harris minutes in there for a little while, and then it was um, then it was all moved on. But yeah, I kind of I could see it going that I could see Tim Connolly going the same way with Torrey Craig, basically just being like, no, nah, I'm not going to resign that guy because I know Malone will play him, and I want Malone to play Michael Porter Jr. Uh, so I'm just not going to give him. And the other thing about Torrey Craig that does make him a little bit more expendable is you got to remember you've got you've got PJ Dozier under contract for the next two seasons now as well. Yep. And PJ Dozier does a lot of the same things Torrey Craig does, but is actually not a complete loss on offense. So I would, I could see them, you know, maybe not going that way because because they've got PJ Dozier, and then you don't know, we don't really know what they have in Vlaco yet. But you know, another guy that they've got under contract for the right. next two seasons. They've got Kade Bates, Diop. I would assume it's a non-guaranteed year next year, but I assume they would pick him up um, as well. So Just they have do the body. Have, yeah. Yeah, they do have a lot of bodies. I don't know if any of them are proven yet. PJ a little bit. Um, oh, well, P- yeah, PJ, PJ showed that his defense is there. legit. PJ also showed he's still got work to do on offense, and I that's still concerning. But again, so does Torrey Craig. So if you're if you're switching them, 
The problem is P.J. Dozier is more of a guard defender, and you can right. use Torrey Craig against small forwards in a way you probably you can can't put use P.J. Craig Dozier. on LeBron, where you would not really want to put P.J. I would not put P.J. Dozier on LeBron. I'm just going to point that out. He did all right. I mean, yeah. in the moments that he had against LeBron, he did do all right. But, you know, again, another guy who's just giving up a lot of weight. Um, yeah, he's just P.J. 6'6". Six, six, I mean, he's he's not he's not short. He's just – yeah, he's just skinny. So you're giving up a lot of weight um, once, you, once you ask him to start – Covering forwards, I actually somewhat think of PJ Dozier doesn't make Monty Morris a little more extendable. So let's let's do that to close out uh, the um, not extendable by the way, expendable was the word I was looking for there. Um, let's do this to close it out, uh, Gordon. What are some trades or players you would think uh, the Nuggets might be looking to move, and are they basically all basically the 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 two guards? Uh, in Will Barton and Gary Harris, and then maybe Monty Morris is like to me because th- that's that those are the guys you look at. Yes, um, as as the movable. Well, pieces. you have Monty Morris. I I you know me. I'm a Monty Morris fan. Uh, but yep. Monte's got one year left, and then you got to pay him. Yep. Are yeah. you gonna pay him? Or yeah, Monty Morris is like a ten million dollar a year guy. Yeah, and that's I mean ten million is not that big a deal unless you're over the tax, in which case it's a huge right. deal. Yeah, which the Nuggets might be. So yeah. Yes. So, they have to make so they signed got... PJ Dozier, and he can play. He's a point guard. Yep. So you I'll literally you signed PJ, PJ Dozier to a three-year deal. Yep. So you signed him with the understanding that you're my backup point guard of the future, basically, if you can play. And they're finding out that he can play. So in order to get him minutes, the guy whose minutes get dropped are Montes, or you are, like I said, replacing a guy who's more of a floor general and a uh, more of a shooting threat, but just small. Monte's just he's much smaller than PJ Dozier. Yep. Um with a guy who's more of a defensive guy. And for Malone, you have to figure out how to get him defenders while making sure they can still play offense. And PJ can do that by being the point guard. He could be a defensive point guard. You're looking for him to be able to pass, to make those mid range jumpers that he makes, you know, um, and to be a defender. And that way at least you have a guard defender around who's getting minutes. And that helps you get Malone some of the defenders he wants. Uh, but I think in that, in that sense that you don't necessarily get rid of Monte Morris. You're not trying to get rid of him. But he's the player on your team that is cheap and desirable for his bird rights by other teams. Right. I was going to say, he's, guy, he's, he's a piece He has of value. He's not, yeah. There's nothing wrong with Monte Morris. The problem is, for you to make things work in 2022, you probably can't pay Monte Morris. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you're trying to make a deal, like like we were talking about, like Gary Harris didn't really help his uh, value any uh, here right. in, in the bubble. Will Barton as well did not help his value any. Monty Morris helped his value. Like he played quite well against uh, – well, really throughout the playoffs and, and even here against the Lakers. I mean he had some big moments. I think when I think of teams are looking at, okay, well, if I'm going to take on the risk of a Gary Harris of a Will Barton and I want some sweetener, well, the Nuggets don't have a ton of sweetener they can throw in. You have Ball Ball and you have Monty Morris. They have Morris. Ball Ball, they have Monty it. Morris, and they have the 22nd overall pick. And, and yeah, and the first rounder. Yep. Yeah, those are. I mean, the, those it. are their trade chips. That's it. Because you're not you're not obviously trading Murray or Porter or Jokic. Um, so beyond and that, the reason yeah, you have to trade is because you can't sign people like we were talking about with Derek Favors. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Derek Favors is not a guy you can bring in unless you, you know, it would be interesting to see if they could get some sort of sign and trade deal working there. If, but then that that means somebody would, in this case, have to go back to New Orleans, right? Somebody like like and maybe a Paul Millsap, right? Like, I mean, right. again, he young team. He, I'm not sure if he's into that, but uh, New Orleans is quite close to Atlanta as well, or or closer than Denver at least. So. um 
that that could maybe be something interesting. You know, I think the team I zero in on a lot when it, when we talk trades is um, is the New Orleans Pelicans because you know I I, I think everyone does, but yes, yeah, especially for the Nuggets, he, they Drew have Holiday so many thing, right? Yep, it's, Drew Holiday is the new Paul Millsap. Like yep. everybody knew you, they were going after Millsap for several seasons. Yep, couldn't get it done. Finally, did. I feel like Drew Holiday, they've been going after for several seasons, haven't been able to get it done. And I think this is the point I expect at this point. Um, I think I both think teams he, are ready. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Drew really wants to be there. I think, I think the Pelicans are moving full, fully forward with Lonzo Ball as their yep. starting point guard. Um, it seems to make a lot of sense. And so you look at a team, you know, like the Nuggets, well, what can they give for Drew Holiday? Well, it's obviously the, 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 the hurdle you got to get past. Um, is that he's owed twenty six million dollars a year, and so you gotta have to find people who's got contracts to make that happen. Well, the easy one is you could just Gary Harrison, Will Barton combined, boom, that's twenty nine, and you're pretty much there. But is that enough? Um, and particularly with Gary Harris maybe hurting his value some, like it's almost like it's really hard to make a deal for Drew Holiday with the Nuggets without roping in a third team that doesn't involve Gary Harris. Um, you can yes. do it without involving Will Barton. But you, it's really hard to do it without Gary Harris. And so, uh, what what chips can you throw in there, you know, to to get it done? So I'll ask you this, Gordon: If you had to go, you know, Gary Harris, uh, Monty Morris, Bull Bull, and I, I know they probably have to throw in like uh, Katie Bates, Diop, or something just to get it to get it really close. Um, yeah, even then, I don't. Think I don't think you get it there. Like, like yeah, literally, right. the only way I think that they can get it done is to trade Will Barton and Gary Harris and either the pick or Monte or both, like whatever you're doing. The nice thing when for the Pelicans, the reason that you, you would trade Harris and Barton is that you break up your one giant salary into two salaries. Yeah. So you get two players, both of whom can play, but you could also then flip them later if you want to. You know, at the deadline or whatever. You know, Gary's got two years. Barton has one year. You know, and you've got Monte for the future. If you so that you always have that backup point card available to you, you can pay him. Right. So, like, there are reasons that both teams would do that, but I don't think I don't think the Nuggets can get it done without sending both Barton and Harris. And the problem is, neither one of those guys showed you that they must be here. Gary showed you you need a guard defender. Yeah. But Which again, in theory, would be I mean. Drew yeah. Holiday fills the Gary Harris role perfectly. And yes, also Drew his... Holiday can defend. Like, that's the right. thing. Drew Holiday can defend point guards. Drew Holiday can defend bigger point guards than Gary Harris. And isn't it just a complete loss on offense like Gary was? Yes, um, and, well, and he also gives you somebody in case Jamal Murray goes down again. Yep. You know, you still yep. need a good guard. You can't just put the offense in P.J. Dozier's hands. Yeah, right. And, and, I would say, and, and you also feel better, even if Jamal Murray doesn't go down, you feel better about that guard rotation with yep. having, okay, if P.J. Dozier, you don't necessarily have to run, rely on him totally when Murray's off the court or Jokic is off the court to run your offense. You've right. got Drew Holiday there as well, which you don't – I mean, Gary Harris can't do that. You can do that a little bit with Will Barton if you want. Um, but, yeah. I, 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 I just think me, both guys – Gary Harris and Will Barton both feel like they're on the outs yep. because the limitations of having them here have shown in the playoffs the last two years. Yeah. You know, and it's not necessarily, you know, Will's fault. He's been, he was so healthy before last year. Right. You know, but his 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 unavailability the last two years has made Denver have to figure out how to play without him, which then makes him expendable because you figured out how to play without him. Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, and, and that's exactly what they did, right? They they found a way or they, they made this run 
you know, without, without Gary Harris, uh, with them the entire time. So now you're like, well, if we could get to the Western conference finals, yeah, without, without Will at all. or not with, without Will Barton, I mean, yep. is what I meant to say. Yeah. So, um, do we, you know, do we need him? And it's particularly if we could trade him and Gary Harris to get Drew Holiday, like it's, uh, I, to me, it's a no-brainer from the Nuggets, and I, I think right. that's – and when you throw in also the fact that, like, yeah, okay, P.J. Dozier showed up. Like, I, to me, if the Nuggets if, – if the deal had to be – even if they had to give up the first two, and it was we got to give up Gary, Will, Monty, and a first to get Drew Holiday, like, I would do it because I think – because I think you want to hold on to Bowl Bowl. I think you he's the next kind of X factor that you can bring into this equation that could really help you get to that next level. Um and I feel I feel if, like if you get Drew Holiday back, like you feel okay giving up Monty Morris and those other guards because Drew Holiday kind of does a combination of what all of those guys do, right? He's he's the defender that Gary Harris is. Right. He's the playmaker and scorer that Will Barton is. He's the ball handler uh, for when Murray and the guy who can run your offense when Mario Jokic isn't out on the court. Like he right. gives you all that stuff. So um, I would do it. I, I know some people would probably think that. And, and the first pick. In the draft, I mean, who cares? Like, or the the first round. Well, I mean, for the, the thing is, I try never to get away Nuggets picks because you know the Nuggets wind up yeah, picking right. random amazing people. You right. know, it's you know, well, who we need a second rounder? Well, the Nuggets pulled Bull Bull with a second rounder. They pulled Nikola Jokic right. with a second rounder. Like, don't give away Monty any picks. Morris. They got Monte Morris with a second rounder. Like, these are picks that the Nuggets always seem to do well on. So I definitely want them to have picks, but they can always get a pick. Might not be oh, yeah. a first round pick, but they can always buy a pick. Yeah, they can always pick a guy that they like in the second round and buy that pick. Uh, yeah. My my thought would be though with the first rounder is you're, I mean that person's probably not playing uh, next season at all. Uh, um, only if you sh- drop the role player. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, like where where does that role player play? Like unless he's your backup center, I guess. Well, that that's that's the one. other thing because the Nuggets still have to solve the the power forward issue and the backup center issue because right now they have neither of those things. Right. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. But otherwise, I mean, my expectation is if the Nuggets do end up keeping that first-round pick, I would assume that they would probably, in all likelihood, maybe pick a guy who would be overseas and they would not. That would be uh, my assumption, is that the Nuggets would go – they they would not go for instant role player. They would go for higher upside. Right. And they would take an overseas just guy like, and I stash mean, him. Just like they have for the past two drafts, right? Yeah. I mean, they, Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull, like they're, – they're, they're basically stash picks. It's just they stash right. them on their own roster. Yep, exactly. They were like, these are guys we're going to sit on and, and wait for them to to pay dividends down the road. And and so, um, so yeah, for me, like the Nuggets, the, the Nuggets identified in the playoffs that they needed more 16 game players. They needed more playoff level guys who can bring offense when the pressure is on, who can, when the, when the defense keys on them, can adjust. Because that's the thing you get in the playoffs that you don't get in the regular season. Like in the regular season, Will Barton goes off and it's it, it's fine. I remember when Will went off, you know, as a bench player, and then got some pub, and then guys started targeting him, and then his numbers started going back down again because right. people put it to, paid attention to him and they put him in the game plan. When the playoffs, everybody gets put in the game plan, you know, because you have time and you're only working on one team, you know. Right. And so the Nuggets need more guys who have more than one thing that they can do, so that when that one thing is taken away they're not left just flailing. And so What's I, would ex- I would expect the Nuggets to spend this you know, offseason. They know they need more defenders. You have to because if your three starters that matter are MPJ, Murray, and Jokic, then you better get your ass some defenders 
right. to make that work. So Jeremy Grant's one of those guys, and then they're going to go out and try to find a guy who, if it's not Drew, it's got to be someone like Drew. Or, well, or I would argue it's got to be, you got to find a, a really strong defensive four. Um, also that, yeah. Yeah, and then you just play big. Yep. Uh, and, and basically have Michael Porter Jr. as your shooting guard. But um, like Also doable. But again, yeah, they have to decide one. how to do this because you need to give Michael Malone enough defenders that he's comfortable, but those guys cannot all be like Torrey Craig and Gary yeah. Harris, for that matter. They yeah, can't just Paul be guys Wilson. who shoot three, three to five shots a game and play some defense. Yeah, that's been the problem with all of the Nuggets defenders outside of Jeremy Grant is none of them could give you anything on offense. Right. Um, and it just... And it's what brought their season finally to a close. And so it's what they know they need to address. So I definitely expect that to be addressed. And I'm with you. I definitely think they're taking a hard look at somebody like Drew Holiday. Um, And I, you know, if we're we're betting, what? Like, maybe you can get, like, an Alex Land at center? Yeah, sure. Yeah, some... You know, so again... A classic stiff. Yeah, but, you know, a stiff who can shoot the ball a little bit. Right. Yep. Um, and there's going to be a you know there's a number of interesting guys in terms of bigs. I don't know how many of them they can get, but there's going to there is actually so, quite a few interesting bigs. Um, the the big market this year isn't as restricted as some of the other markets, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I it's, mean, it's before his police incident, Malik Beasley was going to be what like the number two or three scoring person on the free right. agent list, right? Yeah, yeah. He, Malik was uh, set up to make quite a bit of money. Well, interesting to see what happens. With that, given the recent developments on Malik, but we do not have time to break that down as we are already over an hour, so we're going to You're go making me end. cut it short. Ugh, I could talk for an hour and a half. No. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and wrap it right there. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at GMoneyNugs. Also follow at Denver Stiffs. Over on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and the Facebook page, and make sure you are subscribing and leaving a rating for the Denver Stiffs podcast network do not look for the pickaxe podcast do not look for nick nuggets numbers or the dig you can uh not find any of those in your podcast feed but if you find the denver stiffs podcast network you get all of them as soon as they come out so that is the best way to get all the different shows produced by the denver stiffs so make sure you guys are subscribing and like we said if you could leave a rating if you think we deserve it um we would greatly appreciate it that's how we get our voices out there to even more people and keep this thing going. All righty, Mr. Gordon Gross, good to have you back on, sir. Good to talk to you, man. And um, the offseason will definitely still be interesting for Denver uh, because, <laughs> let's face it, when you get this close, you definitely want to get back and do better. Right, and it starts in like six weeks, so. Yep. Which is, which I guess is actually a little bit, a little bit more time in between the finals and normal the offseason starts, but. It is what it is. We are going to go ahead and wrap it up, so we will talk to you all next week. Listen, I hope you know.